alive with I'm just kidding. I was going to act like I don't know your name. Um, Rachel Manriquez, former OU Libero, and now VP of Kaizen, correct? Kaizen? Yeah. Okay. Kaizen Volleyball Kaizen. Club um, out in Oklahoma. Uh, it's been a while since I've been out there, uh, like 10 years or so at <laughs> least. Um, mm-hmm. So I will let you introduce yourself, kind of your little bit of your background, um, how you got into volleyball and um what brought you to where you're at now all righty well i'm from edmond which is just about 15 minutes north of oklahoma city um i started playing out there just out my church when i was about seven or so and just got into it right away i never really played any other sports besides that um started playing club when i was 10. i played for oklahoma peak performance and i played there until i was 18. Um, and played at a pretty competitive, in a pretty competitive school district for Oklahoma. I should say it was pretty competitive. Um, and graduated in 2014, went to Iowa state originally, and then ended up transferring to OU in 2015 and just, just moved on from there, got into coaching club. Um, I always kind of knew that I wanted to coach. I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to coach boys. Um, 16 and when I was 17 and 18, I was just an assistant coach for some of our 11s and 12s teams in our club. Um, and then when I transferred back to OU, I wanted to get into the coaching scene, like being a head coach here in Oklahoma, but I transferred in at semester. So you know, teams already pretty much had all their head coaches, all their assistant coaches. And I had known the president and the guys at Kaizen for a long time, since I was like 13 or so. And they've been good friends of mine for a really long time. And so I was just like, hey, if you guys ever need any help, just like let me know. And I ended up really loving it there. It was just a really good fit for me. And Ended up being an assistant for the girls 18s team that year and the boys 18s team and just really enjoyed it. And just I've been there for six seasons now, I think. And we're a small club, but we've had a lot of success in the last few years. And um, this year is our first year for boys to have a 12 team all the way through 18. Really awesome. Wow. Boys volleyball is not very big in Oklahoma and not in this region really at all in like the Southwestern region. It's growing, but it's growing kind of slow. So every, I mean, ever since I've been a part of Kaizen, we've maybe had two teams, two boys teams, maybe three, maybe four. And then this year we have seven, which is just so awesome. We're so grateful for that. And that's the one thing I'm trying to work on here on the East coast is um, starting a boys program. And I mean, my club's only about this is our third year. So, uh, for me, I mean, I've been coaching clubs since I was 20, 21, so about 10 years. And I took that, that leap into doing my own thing, which was, it's, I mean, it's still a struggle, but it's been like the most rewarding part, which is really like the, what I think calls us as athletes to become coaches, you know, after we've kind of run, run the course, but, um, what's, what's been the transition i mean especially from a big program like oklahoma what's been the transition like from going from playing at such a high level 
to to now coaching and bringing up those athletes that you know we 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 once used to be so i was kind of just talking about this with one of my friends the other day that i said that i've chilled out a lot (laughs) because for a bit i was psychotic and i honestly do feel for my kids so the age group that i coach now is 16s and i've had the same some most of the same guys since they were 12 so since we are such a small club, I just moved up with them every year just because, you know, oh, well, makes sense. You know, we only have two teams. Rachel had 12s last year. Why didn't she take 13s? And it just, you know, I've just stayed with them. And um, it's been a tra- quite the transition, but I feel like I've learned a lot from them. Um, I've learned a lot watching them play versus you know being a player sometimes you just get so wrapped up in what you're doing instead of looking at the big picture and I'm like oh wow you know I wish I would have watched this a little bit more whenever I was playing because I would life would have been a lot easier I think um but as a coach versus a player I have chilled out a lot because I used to be really mean so (laughs) so with Wake with all of that, I know you you kind of stayed in the same area, obviously with 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 playing and coaching, at least in the same region. Sorry, I think um, I lost you for a second. Can you hear me? Sorry, you kind of glitched for a second. Can you hear me? Are we good now? I can still hear you. Okay, you kind of froze for a second. I didn't hear okay. what you said. Um, so from now you're good. Okay. All right. So from from like a playing standpoint, you stayed relatively in the same, we'll say, same region of the U.S., but you got to travel obviously, but from from club, and then you got to travel on a wider basis with college. Now, from growing up and playing in you know the Oklahoma area how would you define the style of play compared to like the West coast or the East coast? It's definitely a lot. Well, club wise, I would say it's a lot of small ball. Um, we'll have a few big kids here and there, but so my team last year went to the Dennis Lafada tournament up in St. Louis and we ended up playing most guys were way bigger than us way way bigger than us like we're just not I don't know we have a lot of really good athletes in our club but we're just pretty small and we definitely got to see that once we just went to a little bit different part of the region versus Oklahoma or Texas Kansas stuff like that um college wise yeah it was interesting the big 12 all kind of has a pretty similar level of play I would say like or not level of play but the way they play, like you've got your Texas girls that are just going to swing away. And honestly, like TCU is similar. Baylor's similar. It's a lot of big girls that are just going to pound the ball hard. And so when we went to my sophomore year, we went and played at um, USC and we were in like a, it was, we moved it around every year, but we did, um, we played against USC, Maryland and Washington and one year we had played them at OU, and then the next year they went to Maryland, but I had graduated by then. Um, so we're at USC, and it was just like they're big girls, but they place the ball. Like, you know, it's just a different style, and the offenses are just run so much faster that our eyes were just like, oh, my gosh, like, what's happening? And, you know, even Maryland, you know, 
they're not way up there in the Big Ten, but it was just a very different, quicker paced style of play versus the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Now, you, do you feel you still feel uh, face the same thing with with club, especially with being a smaller club? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So, so how how do you combat that as a coach? Um, I, we do a lot of, which obviously makes sense because I was libero, but we do a lot of defensive stuff in my practices. And I, a lot of it is actually stuff that I learned while I was at Iowa state. Um, but a lot of our defense will change based on what an attacker does. So we'll do one that's closer to rotation style defense, but not everybody rotates kind of different. And then one's more your kind of stereotypical perimeter and then one's a complete rotation and they're all called a different color. So like based on if the outside hitter is a real big seam hitter, we'll run what we call red. Okay. So middle back takes a step to the line. Setter kind of t- scoots up or whoever's right back scoots up closer to the rotation, you know, left back scoots a little bit further to the corner, but they're not rotating super far. Um, it just kind of depends. So we'll, we'll change it. So they'll say red is the, what, Red, is, whatever color you say first is what you're defending versus the outside. And then the second color that you say is whatever you defend versus the right side. So before every play, they'll be talking to you, okay, red, white, red, white. Okay. So they always know what's happening. And my boys are pretty, a lot of them have played since they were 11 or 12. So they get it. And a lot of them have played for me for that long. So they get how my brain works. So it actually clicks really well for my guys. Um, so it's been cool. Yeah, and that's that's a lot. I know to to be able to process something that fast and to call it both the colors and know what your already your pre-established defense is is already a lot to discuss even before anything happens, especially for younger athletes. So, I mean, is mm-hmm. it just been like repetition over and over and over and over to like ingrain it? Or is there a certain thing you're doing? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And that's yeah, where... a lot of repetition. Um, one, one, sorry, one other thing that we kind of deal with in our club being so small is we'll have, well, now it's growing, but so small is that like my team is 16s, but one of our liberos is 13. Okay. But don't get me wrong, he is a baller. But when it comes to stuff like that, sometimes I'll get so frustrated. But I'm like, okay, Rachel, you're 13. You got to chill for a second. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I, I do the same thing, um, especially with athletes like that, that that end up playing up. And it's kind of just, you know, like as coaches, like we, we understand your 12s on a 15s or 12s on a 14s or 13s on a 15s. But I, it's still. I know for, for me personally, it comes down to, you know, you're on a 15s, I'm going to treat you like a 15s. And that's exactly, what you signed yeah. up for, which is, mm-hmm. is it is that a huge give and take because you, you, you want to like crush them over and over and over. And then you're like, okay, well, we have to back off like two steps, let them get up and then say, okay, all right, now let's see what we got to do. Give them a little bit more slack, I guess. And mm-hmm. then kind of like push them back in. Yeah. So I know. So now, now you're coaching males. If you if you jump back to your collegiate time, would you say you'd be coaching males or females if you had to choose? Um, 
So I started coaching them when I was in college. So it's kind of hard to say. Um, but I would probably say females just because I wanted to jump right into the college game. And for a bit, I was working at Oklahoma Baptist. Um, it's about 40 miles away from Oklahoma City. Okay. Uh, whenever I like first got out of school and I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. But now I would probably say that if I were able to pick between the two forever, it would just be guys. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I'm starting to get a little bit more interest, at least within my club program, um, especially just doing open gym and having more guys saying, hey, you know, where we we play beach, you know, we see you got open gym is open to guys now. And it's I don't know. I guess it's just funny to me still. We have a little bit of that stereotype that it's like still a, a female sport. Mm-hmm. But you sit there and go, we have an Olympic men's team. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have the top level for, 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 for both male and female. And, you know, same thing. You still don't understand how it, how it still gets that, that stigma. Yeah. But um, when, when you're coaching, what if your athletes were to describe you to somebody what would they say um they tell me all the time that i'm crazy but i don't know how else they would describe me besides that i'm intense but i'm small so maybe that comes across as crazy to them i don't know (laughs) so what would be your uh coaching philosophy then just to kind of go off of that um my coaching philosophy i'm really big into effort stuff and i a lot of that came from the programs that i played for i don't know how much you know about big 12 women's volleyball but iowa state is huge into training great liberos they had like eight big 12 liberos the year like straight it was insane so I learned a ton from them just defensive wise. And then when I transferred into OU, um, me and my head coach had a pretty, we still do have a pretty good relationship and he was just harped on effort all the time. So my kids do, they are good athletes, but they are pretty good about not slacking because they understand that I'm pretty big into effort and I'm pretty big into ball control. Um, so every day we've got a little bit of something just to, that everyone's getting good little unwis, you know because you never know what's going to happen in a play and uh i've got a lot of kids that can do a lot of things so i've I've probably got five kids on my team that could be a libero if they wanted and four maybe they could set you know and all my people can swing pins maybe not everybody can middle but everyone can play a pin so i don't think anybody wants to pretty big into making sure they're well wrapped yeah yeah not even my middles do (laughs) so how do you because I'm 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 really big into the behind the idea of coaches shouldn't have to coach effort. So how do you how have you conveyed Sorry, you that again? Uh, I said I'm 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 really big into the idea that coaches shouldn't have to coach effort. So how do you convey that message without having to say it? Um, I would say at the beginning of this season usually I'll kind of scare it sounds bad kind of scare them into it a little bit you know it's like okay I'll just be quiet for a second let you see if you figure out what you need to do and a lot of the time if we've got a new kid on the team or something they'll be like you better dive or you better go or something like that but 
it has helped that I've had the same group since they were so young because they know, okay, if we're not going to try, Rachel's going to kick our ass. So <laughs> what's, uh, what's been your biggest, like in your coaching career so far? I mean, obviously there's, there's going to be one and I want to know the one for your athletic career as well. What's been your biggest, um, personal accomplishment and what's been, been your biggest team accomplishment? Um, coaching wise, my biggest personal, yeah. um, I'll have to come back to that one, but biggest team accomplishment. There's been a few that I'm pretty proud of for our teams. Um, so my group, when they were 14, earned the, fir- the region's first open bid for boys ever, which was pretty cool. And that's, I mean, that was, yeah, that was two years ago. And they finished about 23rd or so at nationals. So middle of the package. So we were pretty proud of that. And last year they qualified open twice. And this year they've qualified open once. But so I just think they do a really good job of, maintaining composure at all times anyway but another big team accomplishment which is just one of the craziest ones i've ever been a part of um it was 2017 i was the assistant coach for our 18s boys team as well as my little guys and we went to nationals they just played in club but played at nationals and you know they were good but like i said undersized um and we somehow made it to the national championship ended up losing but there's no way ever put money that we were and it's played hard the whole week it was insane and i that's probably one of my proudest moments yeah i know it's always it's always gratifying as a A personal i can't think of a personal one uh, that's okay. We, we we can come back to it. I know. I know. It's always gratifying as a coach to really you. I feel like it's something that 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 you don't tell your athletes when you know you're an underdog, and you kind of just coach them because mm. you want yeah. them. You want them just to dig in and fight, and then let them figure it out later. And then yeah. Um. Like I had I had an athlete last night. Um. Brought her into turn and play and said here i want you let's get some extra reps and uh basically just played it was like two on four two on five and just just no limit on anything we hit as hard as we wanted to and played the ball wherever we wanted and she's jumping getting her trying to get her hands to every swing over over and over and over not scared of the ball and that's just something like as a coach when you get to see it and you don't have to like demand it and then you get to kind of cultivate that. It's so much more gratifying to be able to say, okay, we can go somewhere with this. Instead of sitting there and go, all right, well, you know, I got to pull teeth. Come on. Like it's, it's just a ball. Yeah. Yeah. What's been, cause I know, Oh, I guess here's cause I, I was a libero as well. And my thing was, uh, after I got hit the first time in the face ever, I was kind of like, well, that sucked, um, but it's going to happen again. So, you know, I kind of, I got over it quick and I got told at a young age, like you either do it or you get off the court. That was kind of sink or swim. How, how have you, 
how do you help new athletes that get into the sport kind of overcome the fear of going to the ground or getting hit or getting injured really because of the ball? Um, I would say it's kind of pretty similar to how you felt, you know, like you're never going to get to it. If you don't go, you're never going to know if you're going to get there. You know, maybe the first time you get a touch and it's a bad one. Second time you're going to be getting there. Maybe it's up third time you're getting it. Maybe someone's getting the ball too. Right. So that's maybe one thing that I say to a lot of newer people, um, about getting, getting hit in the face. I don't know about that. Um, I'm just telling them. I've been hit a bunch of times and you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. We, um, I, I use that reference usually just because that's like the one thing they always see videos of. They yeah. always see someone getting like, they'll think like horrifically hurt. And it's yeah. just like, you know, you look at them and go, look, it's a big surface area object. It's okay. Like if it was, if that was a softball or baseball hitting you, well, you know, we're talking totally different problem. Yeah. But, um, it's, I, I think it's just really cool to see kids that still adapt that sense of fearlessness as if you, as like, as if we were when, when we were little kids and yeah. they almost, they almost don't grow up as they grow up, which is so hard. I almost wish you could train that. Yeah. I will say that I taught my kids not to be scared by at a young age, I rip balls at them, Yep. you know, and I'm telling them, I'm going to hit, I'm going to be hitting balls harder at you than anything you're going to get. So if you can dig this ball, that's coming at you right now. You're going to dig this 13 year old that's hitting it at you, you know? And they're like, Oh wow. You know, then it becomes fun to them instead of like, Oh my gosh, Rachel's trying to kill me. <laughs> and that's, that, that's also another thing faced. I think we, we start to face now in the climate that we coach in is, how hard is too hard with, mm. with, um, I think it happens with people that aren't within the volleyball community or within the athletic community to understand, you know, it is a very vulnerable thing to put your kid within that. But at the same time, you kind of have to accept that when a parent does that, you put them in that environment because you wanted them to do it. So you can't really say, no, I don't want I, I it's too much. Like, yeah, it's it's either do you want 100 percent or do you want zero? Yeah, I mean, and it's it it's cool to have that ability. It's also really hard to regulate it. Yeah, but it's I don't know how to how else to describe it besides like your own. I, I I had someone tell me I had a parent tell me this last year was your team is like your own little zoo. And however you control your animals is up to you. You just have to control the animals. Mm. <laughs> and it was the funniest analogy I ever got. But it makes so much sense. Definitely. And I know every year now that I've had, I make sure that the kids, and it's almost like just to give them a sense of self in a way within the team, like an identity, is everybody gets a nickname. We have a team mascot, and there's not a single person on the team that doesn't learn how to laugh at themselves. So I know, and this is the one thing I wish that I had a guy's team, was you're able to unload that filter. You don't have to hold back as much. Yeah. So 
what 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 are your what well, what would be your trade-offs between you how you've been with coaching guys and coaching females um definitely what you said about the filter i can kind of loosen up a little bit um i'm pretty hard on my guys but at the same time like kind of like what you're saying like they know that i really do care about them and not just on the court they know that i care about them on a personal level mm-hmm which maybe that comes from me having them for a few years, but I have always really tried to make sure that they know that if they ever needed anything that I'm here for that. Um, but yeah, definitely I can be a little bit tougher with boys than I have. I've only coached a couple girls teams here and there, but I think I scared them a little bit. <laughs> so, oh, well, I mean, even, even with going through, basically going through club and all the way through college like what what did you see as an athlete from my coaches yes um i had some people be pretty tough on me um i liked i would like to think that i have thick skin but probably at some points i didn't um but i would say that my last few years at OU like my coaches would be tough on me, but like, I knew that they really, really did care about me, like on a personal level. And I think that that definitely has helped me, you know, kind of carry that over into club and, um, yeah, just stuff like that. So with, I know, I know I've got a couple girls, even at a young age that have already said, I want to play in college. Um, with having gone through that whole, obviously the the whole recruiting trail, all that that whole journey, going through four years, and you know, in in the Big Twelve especially, you know, you're at a, a Power Five school, and seeing different coaching styles and traveling all over the nation. Do you do you remember more of the positive or the negative? Definitely the positives. Because okay. I think that's one thing that they, they at a young age, I love perfectionists, but I hate them at the same time. And I think that's the big thing is I want them to realize that, you know, we have someone of your caliber that's played at that level. You make thousands of mistakes throughout years, years and years and years of play. So, you know, say... Say, you know, you played 10 years in club, four years, you know, in college, 14 years. You're bound to make thousands of mistakes, regardless of what it is. But at no time are you sitting there worrying about those thousands of mistakes. You're worrying, man, I get to play in this jersey, in this arena. I get to, I get to live this. And I... I guess it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things as a coach, you try, you try and find that like secret thing to unlock all of that a lot quicker. So like what, I guess here's another one. Um, what's been a big like team bonding event or we'll say drill in practice that, that, that you love to do that helps with the uh, team chemistry. Um, uh- I know I'm talking so much about defense, but it's another defense drill that I do pretty often. It's two touch. You probably know that one, right? Two people on, and it's just them working together. Um, And, uh, you know, they just got to go after it for 10 balls. Another one, 
that I like to do for team chemistry just is like a pressure serving type thing. And I do it two different ways sometimes, but occasionally I'll have them. It's kind of conditioning too. They'll be jogging sideline to sideline, one person serving at a time, and they have to hit their zone twice maybe. If they miss the zone, everyone just keeps jogging. If they miss their serve, everyone besides the server sprints down and back once. Okay. And then everybody goes through. So sometimes, you know, so-and-so may miss five times and everyone's like, Oh my gosh. But I try to make sure that they're like, yeah, it's your teammate. Like what if that's you missing five times, you know? So they learn to kind of cheer each other on through the kind of crappy stuff or crappy times. Yeah. And it's, it teaches you a lot about yourself too. It teaches you if you have that tolerance, it teaches you if you have that, mm-hmm. that ability to like hold your tongue and mm-hmm. still care what besides being frustrated. And I think the biggest thing that I wish I wish I did at a younger age was take a different approach. I wish I would have asked more how can I help you questions than anything else. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because I know I know I know I would have learned a lot more. I mean, but at the same in the same token, I'm glad that I got to where I'm at. And it's like I just got off the phone with um, one of the head coaches around here at one of the universities, um, just talking about you know how everything's going with COVID and everything happening, and it's weird to think of where like kind of where the sport has taken us. So, um, what what would be what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody that's Kind of the what what I threw out to you about the girl that's already said like I I want to play D one, I want to make it a career you know whatever that means coaching or you know professionally, um, what would your advice be to her? Um, I would say I liked what you were talking about earlier about um, perfectionists and that. It can be really, I was one. So it's annoying for me to think back to how I was um, growing up. And it was really hard for me to let go of the last play. Um, I just think that you're not going to get better unless you learn to let go of that last play, whether it be in practice, whether it be touches in a drill, definitely in a game. Um, cause you're just, I, I used to have so much anxiety going into a match. Like, oh my gosh, like I can't mess up. I can't mess up. Like I have to be consistent, you know? And instead of like learning, it took me a long time. It took me probably until college to really just finally take a deep breath, like let it go, move on to the next ball. And a lot of that had to do with my, my coach, Santiago Restrepo at OU. I could always hear him on the sideline, next ball, next ball, next play, next play. And he even pulled me into his office before and. Um, this is actually a funny story. It's side story. When I was like 13 or so, I was getting a private lesson done at the club that I played for. And my, then he was just the coach OU, but he was my coach eventually, um, was watching some of our 17s and 18s there having a practice. And I was on the court next to them. And instead he turned and he watched my lesson being done. And I was pretty good at that age. And he, I remember I was taking my shoes off afterward and he was like, you're pretty good. You know, like you could go wherever you wanted one day. And I remember getting in the car and I was like, well, I'm not going to OU. 
and then look where I was. But he we he actually pulled me into his office one day and I had just been so frustrated with how things were going. And it's not that I was playing bad, but I just wasn't playing up to the level that I wanted. And he was like, you know, like I want you to have as much joy while you play as you did when you were 13 when I watched you in that lesson. He was like, you were carefree. You All you wanted to do was just enjoy the game. He was like, yeah, like you can stress as much as you want about each touch being perfect. He was like, or you can just enjoy and learn from the game as it goes. So I think that would def- – I wish I had learned that earlier. Yeah. And I know I know with, with trying to – I mean, I, I, I try and understand as much as I can um, – to try and like discuss things with, with, with my athletes. But I've all, you know, I've told them like, look, there's things you're going to go through. I'm not going to go through. I'm never going through. I'll be honest. I don't envy you. I don't want to go through it, but you know, these hour and a half, two hours, you know, three days a week that you get, when you guys walk in here, you have to forget the outside world. You have to, you have to escape. You literally have to mentally and physically escape. And I think that just goes right off of what you're saying. Like, you know, be carefree in that time frame. You know, even, even when you were a student athlete, you know, it's still, you know, you have to go to class. You got to do your work. You got to study. But it's not, it's not make it a job. Because I think, I think once, we, once we make things a job, all the, all the heart, the love for it, the passion starts to die. So it's... I think it's it, it's hard it, it, it's hard to try and sorry keep that alive. bros oh um, can you still hear me yeah now I can sorry okay. um, I, I think it's kind of hard to to try and show them that all that can stay alive without having to force it all the time uh, yeah one of the one of the big things I do is uh, we'll play music at every single practice and I'll play whatever. Like I, I have literally controlled the radio the whole time and uh, we'll play anything from like Disney to hard rock to country to rap. And there'll be days where I'm like, I just want to throw them off and we'll play, we'll play like, I don't know, like nineties alternative and then flip it to rap and then flip it to Disney. And, and they're kind of like, what, what, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, you got to learn how to focus. Like, of course, it's all fun and games, but learn how to focus. And at the same time, it's like, guys, look, I'm, I'm still coaching. You're still learning. But it doesn't have to be difficult. And I think that that's what us as coaches love to do. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I do have one. I, I have one more question because I'm always coming. I'm always trying to come up with ideas for like tournament day stuff. Um, what, what, if any team, like in between matches, like team games, are there any that, that, uh, y'all do to kind of like keep them moving without like sitting on the floor? See, I have a problem with me making mine sit down. They like to just go off to the side and pepper still. I'm like, are you guys not tired? Will you please sit down? Um, I don't know what games we would do. It's been a long time since we've played anything when we're not playing. Yeah. 
Well, that's an interesting problem to have. I haven't had that problem. I want that problem. I wish. I <laughs> wish mine would just sit around. We're at the end of the day and they're like, we're so tired. I'm like, yeah, you've been standing for eight hours. <laughs> well, um, I guess that's something I'll table for later. <laughs> so, um, but uh, if you, let's see. So for, for, for anyone listening, um, what, so to, to the Rachel that was 13, ah from the Rachel that is now, what would you say to her? And would she look up to you and be proud of where she got? Um, I think I would say to her kind of what I was saying to you about like, just enjoy the game. You know, I had a lot of anxiety for no reason. I was not to toot my own horn, but I was pretty good for, there's not been a ton of really good, liberos especially but good really good volleyball players to come out of oklahoma and i feel as though i was pretty good for one of those and i just had so much anxiety all the way through club about performance anxiety obviously and i just wish that i would have just taken a deep breath and learned to just take it all in because it goes by so fast and you know i look back and i'm like oh my gosh i played club like forever ago I haven't seen so-and-so in forever. You know, we used to love playing together so much. And um, Would she look up to me? I would hope so. I mean, I feel like I accomplished my goal at playing at a Division One school. And, you know, uh, I never knew that I was going to be coaching boys, but I feel like I've accomplished quite a bit there, too, and I'd hope that she'd be proud. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I, I'd like to feel the same way about my – you know, 13, 14 year old self as well, because I know I never, I never imagined I'd be where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the wonderful thing about the journey is it spirals so much and there's so many detours, but when you get to sit and have conversations like this with, you know, other professionals and sit and go, you know, we, we really do. I really think we're just, we're, we're just meant for such a big picture that we don't realize where we fit in yet. Mm -hmm. and you cross paths with so many people and it's just it's unreal like just the 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 amount of things you can do just at the at the touch of your hand to impact somebody is amazing so but i do want to say thank you for coming on um i'm glad we didn't miss the uh time difference me too <laughs> so, but um i do want to say thank you uh, it was thanks for having me. Yes, anytime, anytime. Um, I'll be looking out for you guys. Uh, hopefully, in the future, I would like to get out to like the uh, Lone Star qualifier. Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. And try and catch up, or if you guys ever come out to the East Coast or something, meet up and figure something out. So, but Sounds good. But thank you again, Rachel. 